It's what Christmas is made of on BBC None. Coming up later, Frank Muir hosts two celebrity teams in the end-of-the-year edition of That's My Obituary. But first, there's boozing, bad telly and bad language as we pay a festive visit to Mount Peg Towers. On today's pear tree... Going down the stairs, kicking legs. Huh? I'm telling you now, it's seven years old. I did that. <laughs> I really did. I really did. At five years old, I was doing it dressed as Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. That's a different story, and that's for a different podcast. This went out on the 20th of December. I swear to God, they started putting it together on the 18th. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a bit generous, to be fair. Lena Zavaroni's lack of stage presence makes Sheena Easton's performance look like fucking Ramstein. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you all right? Hello and welcome to the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour, the first of our Christmas specials. I'm Dr Velvet. Ho, 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 I am blackout. And I've, and I've nearly shit myself with that. Um, we're here <laughs> to talk to you about some Christmas telly. Yes, hello you. Thanks for joining us for our casual cultural critique of Christmas television, where Britain's best-loved battle axe is never far from our minds, because here, all roads lead to the mountain. If you're new to us, you can find info and links for the programme we're discussing over at PeggyMountPod.com, as well as links to our socials and all the places you can listen and subscribe. Before we ding-dong anything from high, I've got to ask, what are you drinking? <laughs> Too much. But then again, <laughs> it is... It, <laughs> No, it is Christmas. It I'm is. telling you now, it's Christmas. And I'm not going to tell lies, because I don't believe in it. I've had wine. Hmm? <laughs> I've, already had, I've already had a bottle of wine. Because we'll just, we'll just start this off right now. But then, I've, for, for the sake of the podcast, uh-huh. I've decided to open a bottle of Baby Sham. Oh, good lad. Nothing sparkles like it, you know. What about yourself? What festive fizzy delight are you going to stot down your neck? As it is the season, I've got a bottle of Krabby's ginger beer. Oh, I love that. No, actually, Krabby's, Krabby's is a fantastic hangover cure. You know, hair of the dog the next morning. Yeah. Because there's, what is it, 4% Krabby's? Let me have a look. It's about that. Yeah, exactly 4%. You know, it's a, there you go. It's so, a starter. Heavy night on the sauce. Next morning, you think, ah, oh, I can't be handling it. If you're meeting your mates in the pub the next morning after the night out, I'll have I'll have this on ice. Couple of them get you in the gear straight into the the beer. Ah, so no that's, that's generally what I use uh, Strongbow Dark for. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> go big or go fucking home, right? Well, yeah. Fuck yeah! It's like it, it, it start off with something little, and then fucking go end <laughs> with something large. Actually, speaking of that. Little and Large were a comedy double act who rose from the northern club circuit in the early 1960s. After winning ITV's talent show, Opportunity Knocks in 1971, mainstream success beckoned and they were a staple of light entertainment programming for the next two decades. The show we've watched tonight is their 50-minute 1980 Christmas special, aired on BBC One on Saturday the 20th of December of that year. I'll t- uh, all right, I'll start by saying the one good thing about this is the theme tune. Uh-huh. I always love. I always loved the theme tune to this show. I don't know why. It just had a it had a bit of a hook. Da, 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 da. 
Don't know. Don't know. It's, don't know why. It's very Saturday night, I'll give it that. Very. Leg kicking. Yeah. Going down the stairs, kicking legs. Uh-huh. I'm telling you now, it's seven years old. I did that. <laughs> I really did. I really did. At five years old, I was doing it dressed as Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. That's a different story, and that's for a different podcast. <laughs> but still singing, it's Little Nudge. <laughs> <laughs> With a tiara. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Go. My issue before we even get started is their names aren't even little and large. They're Cyril Mead and Edward McGuinness. Now, as well as your general sort of setup of straight man slash comic, double acts traditionally have to contrive sort of fundamental personality differences yeah. in order to form a memorable <laughs> stage presence. But to create like a name and tick box to mirror your physical appearances by changing each of your names, that's fucking cheating. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's not even like it's not even like Edward Large was sitting in a worker men's club with his new comedy partner and he went, you know what would make this act really work if you change your surname to little, that'd be a thing. No no no. They had to change fucking both of them. Yeah. In Sid's case, he changed both of his names. You'd be telling me he doesn't wear fucking glasses next. Right. They're right. And, and and what glasses they are, because I'm telling you now, those glasses are so thick, they can see into the future. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but let, let's look at something else. Eddie Large is not that large. I mean, what is large? Oh, no, yeah, no, he's not. I mean, he's generally, yeah, he's not, you know, he's sort of like thick set, but he's not. Yeah. Eddie, yeah. Eddie thick set. It's just compared might to. Have been better. Eddie thick set and Sid glasses. Would that not have worked? <laughs> thick set and glasses. Th- Thick set and glasses, far, far, far better double act, yes. I thank you. This is, you know, why am I not an agent? Well, exactly. To the stars. Anyway, we we start with the obligatory um, the obligatory call for any double act that's on TV, certainly on the BBC. They begin the show with their little piece to the audience, the two of them, to showcase their, their act, their, their context, yeah, yeah. who they are, what they do. And there's Sid, mm-hmm. the straight man, trying to do his thing. And Eddie, the naughty schoolboy, comes out. And yeah, yeah. and I know this, this straight away. I've known you for over 30 years. This riles you. Uh, most of his humour is based on observation <laughs> and... Um, refer- referential humour. Uh, yes, I have notes to this effect. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, he basically, Sid is talking about doing a song, mm-hmm. which he doesn't do at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eddie basically comes on behind him with a an, an extended "This is your life" routine. Now I get that that was a cultural touchstone in nineteen eighty. Of course, it would have gone down well. Of course, That's fine. Massive it's show a, at the time. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. Um, there's a couple of sort of bad Christmas one-liners crowbarred into it. Because mm-hmm. generally speaking, this this is a Christmas special, isn't it? Yeah. It does say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 How many of the items in this show do you think are centred around Christmas? Frig all. I take a, I take a you haven't made a list the way I have. But I, I dare say I have not, <laughs> King of Spreadsheets. I dare say I have not. <laughs> no. There are, there are 12... Separate items in this 50 minute special. That's not bad. That's a fair old pace. Crack through them. Three of those mention Christmas. <laughs> one of them One of them is about Christmas. The other two of them mention Christmas. The rest of them, not about Christmas at all. But very much not at all. 
am I going in too? Am I going in too harsh on this from the off? This feels like leftover shite from the writers' room floor of every other BBC sketch show for the last five years. Literally written down here. <laughs> I've literally got written down here are my very words. I'm convinced Little and Large got the scripts that Morecambe and Wise and the two Ronnies rejected. Those are my very this words. This went out on the 20th of December. I swear to God they started putting it together on the 18th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a bit generous, to be fair. Um, oh, dear God. Good Lord almighty. Um, I mean, let's give some credit to, to some of the show. Sheena Easton is giving it her all. She's giving it her all. She's, she's singing and assuring us that she's not putting it about the parish with her record, One Man Woman. Um, uh-huh. So, but 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 you can see it in her eyes. She doesn't want to be there. Oh, God, she doesn't want to be there. I'm glad you mentioned our Sheena. Mm. It occurred to me when I was watching this mm. that I had no idea what Sheena Easton actually looks like. Is that right? No, she was she was everywhere at the time. She was, indeed. Oh, sort of early 80s and that. But my mental image of Sheena Easton is just like some bad clip art on a poster for a 1980s thing disco on a notice board outside a provincial leisure centre. That could be anyone on that stage singing. Yeah. Was Sheena Easton played by different actresses? I'm like, this doesn't look like... Possibly. This doesn't look like the woman I remember. Then I'm thinking, that's because I can't remember what she... What? No, what? And I still... Yeah, I started asking myself if Sheena Easton even existed. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bit of trivia for you, go, by the way. Go on, go on. Sheena Easton's real name... Mm. Is Shauna Weston, but when she started out, there was already someone on Equity's books with that name, so she had to change it. It's true that you can look it up. I think I better. Right? Is it just me who noticed something here? Right? Okay. So let's we're, we're flitting through, we're flitting through, and listener, yeah. listener, do watch this episode because really, what we're oh, what we what we're describing here really has to be seen to be believed. Anyway, we, we PeggyMountPod.com. Go on the post for this one. Click on the link. It'll take you through to a proprietary streaming website. It's on there. Yeah. We didn't upload it. It's fine. And do it. And do it, it because great. it do it because it's Christmas. I mean, it's Christmas. Yeah. You know. So there we go. Um, right. We get past various little sketches that are, that are going round, and Eddie, Sid, and Eddie mm-hmm. are wearing certainly throughout some aspects of the show uh, knitted sweaters and matching beige slacks, which are absolutely beautiful. Um, yep. That. That whole that whole section where they run a, a series of micro skits about horror films. Four minutes of utter horseshit. This is clearly where the budget went. Yes. Um, I'm thinking, have they just like run onto the set of Hammer House of Horror and filmed all of these while everyone else was at lunch? There is no fucking way these sets were built literally for a bad f- fifteen second sketch. This is dreadful. Awful. But it's all started off with uh, Eddie Large. He's got, as we've discussed, he's not he's not huge, huge. So I'm assuming he's wearing like some kind of fat suit mm-hmm. and a, sort of like a big cape and a false beard. And he sort of strolls down this this misty alleyway, and he does an impression of Orson Welles, which is so absolutely spot on. It has to begin with the words "Good evening, I'm Orson Welles." Yes. It's like it's like a fucking baton being passed down to John Culshaw. Yeah, right. Actually, you know what? We say that, but what I will say is, in terms of his impressions, Eddie Large, I think his cliff is spot on. In t- <laughs> Hang on, because I know you've passed out. No, what I mean is, what I mean is by that, he's the probably the first person ever to do cliff 
certain people rely on impressions to deconstruct the, yeah. the, the... Eddie did that with some people, and Cliff was one of them. Hi. Whoop. That that whole thing was a bit of, you know, he was the first person to do that. Credit for that. I can't... This is the thing. I don't know if his was the first Cliff Richard impression. I don't think anyone else most, has ever done that before. Or sort of the most popular one. He certainly kind of set the template for how it should be done for everyone else. And doesn't Sid Little look fucking terrifying in drag? Yeah. <laughs> fucking terrifying. As Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> fucking terrifying. I can I can see even... that coming towards me with a fucking knife. <laughs> I would shit. But even that sketch, because he's doing, because Eddie Large is doing Cliff Richard in the studio before they cut to that sketch. Th- there's a claim. He's very much, he's very obviously being Cliff Richard there. Mm. But when they cut to the VT segment, uh-huh. it even has to say at the start, yes. Cliff Richard and Olivia Newton-John. Right. Otherwise, you wouldn't know what the fuck was going on That's for 45 right. seconds. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. The targets of this show are like Cliff Richard, Barbara Woodhouse, Dallas, a bit of Noddy. It's of its time, but this is broad. Even for its time, it's very broad and one note. Was this... I, I have memories of liking this as a kid, though. And maybe that is maybe that is what it is, like this sort of schoolboy, schoolyard humour. Shall I, humor, shall I tell you something? That That's the thing. I absolutely loved this as a kid. And I... Yes, it's 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 playground humor. There's nothing sophisticated about this whatsoever. It is what it is, and it it is BBC LE seventies at its best. And let's not forget, we've got a couple of numbers featuring the. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh-huh. Featuring their resident dance troupe, Foxy Feeling. Yes. Yeah. Who might you might as well just be holding up a placard each saying for the dads. Yes. Yes. Because I'll tell you something. What I have noticed is that. Sheena Easton and Lena Zavaroni are the only two women on the show to be wearing clothes. I'm glad you mentioned Zavaroni as well. Because, mm-hmm. again, like pretty much like Easton, she's basically on to sing a song, just a straight guest spot, come on, sing a song. Two minutes of sort of, you know, banter at the end. But I swear to God, her Lena Zavaroni's lack of stage presence makes Sheena Easton's performance look like fucking Ramstein. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And again, it's not about Christmas. None of this is about Christmas. No, it isn't. And the audience. I don't know if you noticed the, the, the shots that we cut to the audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone spent 10 quid on some of those press-out paper hats mm. and a couple of bags of balloons. There you go. Knock yourselves out. Is there any alcohol? No, have a hat. I don't know, like, I don't know. I think they've been, they've they've got pissed. They've got the audience pissed up before they've got in there. I think they've gone out at half time and got pissed themselves. Possibly. Um, Little and Large, Christmas special, 1980. How many twinkly, tinselly pegs are you going to put on the tree? Well, I'm going to have a rummage around down here. Oh, look, I can only find two pegs. Lazy and non-committal, even for its time. <laughs> Yep, you know what? I agree. Two from me as well. Uh, bits of this have not aged well at all. We'll leave that there. Um, Sid and Eddie do their best. I think with a little bit more investment from the powers that be, they, things could have been improved greatly, but it didn't happen, sadly. Um, there we are, little and large, a two from each of us. But what everybody wants to know, of course, is how many steps would it take you to yodel up the snow-capped mountain? I can do this. In three. This Christmas special features an appearance by Lena Zavaroni, who guest starred in a 1979 episode of 
Morecambe and Wise, both of whom were in The Intelligence Men, with Warren Mitchell, who appeared in the Gun-in-Law episode of The Larkins, with Hangy Mom. Now, does everybody understand the rules? Excellent work. I know, right? I wonder who wrote it. And yourself, sir? How many footprints are you going to leave in your trek up the snow-capped mountain? I can also do it in three. (laughs) Lending a hand in this outing is Sheena Easton, who cropped up in the 1993 horror anthology Body Bags, along with David Warner, who was also in The Omen, as was Patrick Troughton, who starred in the TV series The Cabin in the Clearing, alongside... Peggy Knight. Sissy, are you listening? Love it. Love it. Love it. Excellent. That gets us off to a great start on the first out of this selection box of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour Christmas specials. Yes, indeed. Yes, thanks once again for being with us. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email PeggyMountPod at gmail.com or we are PeggyMountPod on Twitter and Facebook. It's as simple as that. Right, we'll see you tomorrow. Oh, yes, we're back tomorrow. This is the start of the 12 Days of Pegmas. What's in our stock in the morrow? Tune in to find out. Until then, keep mountain. The Peggy Mount Calamity Hour is a free podcast from Michael Media, which holds production copyright. Opinions and recollections expressed are not to be taken as fact. The title and credit music is by Dr. Velvet. Audio segments from television programs are presented for review and informational purposes only under fair use, and no ownership of these is claimed or implied by this show. For more information, visit PeggyMountPod.com. Oh, oh, oh. Santa Claus. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Oh, my. By Jove, it's Barry. What have you there? Lots of goodies from you know where. I think he means from Brute. Yes, Christmas gifts from Brute 33. Very tastefully wrapped, you must agree. So give someone close the perfect gift. Give him Brute 33 on the 25th. We said Brute 33 on the 25th. We said Brute 33 on the 25th. We said Brute 33 on the 25th.